Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Colin. I'm Nutch. And I'm Caleb. This week, we bring you a show dripping with content. Brad Bobley leaves Swansea, Landon leaves retirement for the retirement home, and Minnesota United leaves it to our imaginations. All that and more on this week's We Call It Soccer. This week, I want to start with some of the things that we typically end the show on, which is asking you, our dear listener, to do two things for me. One is go on iTunes and rate us. Uh, you can submit an honest rating, whether you like us or not. And then two, if you do submit a good rating, or even if you don't, just go tell your friends about this show. We love having new people listening to this show and talking to us on Twitter and giving us ideas for segments and, and things that we should cover. So I would love for you to share news of this. Like You can tell your friends, like, this is a horrible podcast I listen to. Or maybe you just say this is a, this is a great podcast that I listen to. And then we get some new listeners from you. I mean, I would prefer if they liked it and, <laughs> and they read us well. Really, I'm only on social media to build my self-esteem. Oh, okay. So yeah. never read the comments. I mean, yeah, I make this I podcast to see the world burn. So, I mean, good or bad, you know, it's it's uh, it's great. But we have an action-packed show today for you. And we should start this week with something that we typically do a little bit in the mid middle of the show, which is our... Trip to the pub. What's the pub called this week, guys? We're going to the Dead Eagle. The Eagle is dead. Long live the Eagle. <laughs> Bob Bradley was fired from his Swansea position uh, just a couple of days. Just you ruined a joke that I had lined up, man. I was going to start like, you know, this week we got to talk about the biggest firing in the EPL over the last seven days. Alan Party. <laughs> <laughs> well, that happens every year. So, I mean... <laughs> This is this is new news, Nash. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so so you um, we we talked about this a little bit briefly yeah. off the air, and as I do many times, I said hold it for the show, hold it for the show. But you said one thing very ominously to me. You said, "I have some opinions about this," and I do. It's a very lame lead-in, but I do. Um, yeah, he was given a team that's not good. Uh, Swansea has sold two of the three best players the last two years. Uh, IU to West Ham, Ashley Williams to the blue side of Merseyside. Um, and they didn't really replace them with any real quality or any people that really panned out. So it was really just Dilfi Sigurdsson plus 10 against every Premier League team. And then Bob Bradley got that. And you're thinking, if he didn't get a few dies in their January transfer window, he didn't make this a low to mid table team and probably get them to next season in the Premier League. Um, they didn't give him that chance. What did they expect him to do with that crap squad? I am so disappointed right now. Yeah. I thought when you said that ominously, like, I got up and you were going to be like, all the Americans are wrong. I think we're all being homers. It was the right decision. No. Uh, you come it in it like, wasn't ah. the right decision. Here opinion. is my lukewarm to hot take, sort of in that vein. Um, I kept on watching Bob and the <clears> way that he was sending his Swansea team out. I felt like they were actually trying to take a game to too many teams that they were just simply outclassed by. And mm. especially when I was watching West Brom struggle to do anything but throw 10 men behind the ball against Arsenal this weekend, the only thing I could really think of was this is actually somewhat effective if Bob Bradley had played like this at Swansea and at least gotten a couple of results aside from his two wins, of course, um, maybe his time would be a little bit more fondly remembered. 
I mean, it, the football would look terrible. But I, at the very least, he would have gotten a couple of points that could have given him a little bit of safety. So I'm going to try to do, be really brief with my pancake hot takes, which is number one, games win games. Number of goals scored against you is not important. The problem was that Bradley wasn't having his team score enough goals. However, when people say like, oh, they were getting three scored on them every time, that doesn't matter to me. Uh, his points per game, if you look at this season and don't count last season, were about the same or slightly better in Guidelands. So you can't say that he was taking this team any worse than where it already was. The other thing I will mention is that I don't know if I agree with his signing in the first place. I don't think he was underprepared, but I don't know if he was the right person to take on this kind of challenge, this particular challenge he was faced with. Given that, though, once you appoint a guy, you better give him a transfer window. Yeah, you, you yeah. I mean, give him a chance to get some of the players that fit his system in there. Yeah, what's the worst that happens? You go down anyway, which is what they're going to do, but you don't at least have to pay his like uh, severance now. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, you know, <clears throat> people were talking about like Ryan Giggs. Now, today we've learned that Swansea finally knocked him out of the contention, but the other yeah. big contenders for his job, Chris Coleman, he hasn't been in the Premier League in terms of management since the early 2000s. Uh, the other one that they were thinking about, Gary Rowett, is a championship manager. And you got Pardew and Roy Hodgson, both of which haven't exactly set the world on fire in the last few years. Roy so, Hodgson should never have another management job. I'm Pardew's, surprised you remember who it is. Pardew's <laughs> almost up there because Pardew, who got fired, also lost to Bob Bradley. Um, does the same thing with every team he joins. He, they go on a nice win streak and then they just collapse. Yeah. And he was replaced by Sam Allardyce, who immediately got into a, into a fight with the anthropomorphic hornet. <laughs> well, so, well, so, so, so we should we should move on to uh, Palace, who played uh, Watford and had a one-one draw. It was just Sam Allardyce's first game in charge. By the way, now we can conclusively say Big Sam is not going to be the head coach of Minnesota United. If there was oh, any man. doubt about that fact, it, which you know, which has finally been extinguished, it's done. Uh, I will... was so not excited about Adrian Heath. I was still looking <laughs> forward to Big Sam. Yeah, I got, we got to put away the boxed wine, guys. He's not coming. Uh, <laughs> so, at this first game between Watford and Palace, uh, Wilfred Zaha had a moment which you can, I don't know, it's... It, if, you get, if the jury is still out, whether he died or not. But anyway, at the end of the game, Harry the Hornet, the Watford mascot, was passing by Wilfred Zaha and took like this cartoonish dive to the ground. Which, which is, is hilarious. Yeah, That's absolutely. what you hope your mascots do. <laughs> exactly. They used just get, you know, winding up the crowd. It was, it was fantastic. And unfortunately, uh, Allardyce took the bait and decided to complain to the FA. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a bunch of uh, official releases about how the mascot had been charged, about how the mascot had been and found not to do anything wrong. It was just comedy gold. And like this is like exactly what you shouldn't do when there's a troll, man. I'm just surprised that Sam Allardyce sincerely thought that he still had friends at the F.A. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's never gonna win this one. Uh, speaking of things that the FA did and reactions to it, they had banned Vardy, and the Leicester owners reacted to that very poorly by placing a Jamie Vardy mask into every single seat when Leicester played and then lost to Everton. Yeah, it was it was a good thing that they put those masks up because it made it so much easier for the supporters to hide their faces afterwards. <laughs> they actually sold out of vodka and Red Bull at the game. So. Uh, the Zellberg Derby is coming up this uh, weekend. Our friends, uh, David Zeller and Anna Freeberg, who are wonderfully married to each other as of this past summer, uh, 
are one of one of them's a Liverpool fan, fan David, and uh, Anna is a Manchester City fan. So the Liverpool versus Manchester City game every year is the Zellberg Derby. What do you think going into this game is going to happen, Caleb? What I think is going to happen, or what I want to happen? <laughs> They're two different things. What do you think is going to happen? I think. Um... Mignolet will let an easy goal in and make the whole Liverpool controversy and goal a lot bigger again and it'll never leave us. And I think mm-hmm. Aguero stores that weak goal and I think we it'll probably be a tie. I think Mane stores one last goal before he goes on uh, international duty for January. Do you think... So we talked about Liverpool having a weaker keeper. I want to talk about City for a moment because they got rid of Joe Hart at the start of the season, somewhat controversially. And Bravo hasn't been lighting the world on fire. Let's put it that way, either. Just like he's no well grid, right? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, do you think that this is the matchup of two teams who have similar problems in the back with their defense and keepers? Yes. Well, yeah. Are they uh, evenly matched? Um, I think with Aguero, they have a little more quality going forward. He's coming back. He's coming back from a lengthy ban, so he'll be fresh. <laughs> um, <laughs> he says with fear in his eyes. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe he'll pull a hammy walking onto the pitch. That's what I can hope for. You can only hope. Um, but it, the, the way Lalana's playing, he can go goal for goal, for goal mm-hmm. with Aguero. I don't know. It's, I'm hoping for the best. Neutrally speaking, I... I see this as one of those where there's going to be pressing going from both sides. It's probably going to be a six or seven goal sort of game. So I'm going to predict nil-nil just because I'm going to be wrong. Okay. <laughs> All right. uh, Coutinho might be back, number one. He might be on the bench. He's not going to play not going to this play. game. Uh, okay. next, this game and the next game, he's probably going to be out for. He won't be back until the new year. And Firmino... Got caught drunk driving? What the heck? On, I think, Christmas Eve morning? Firmino, it doesn't have to be like this. It doesn't have to be like this, killer whales. <laughs> also, teens uh, one of the best albums of the year. Uh, yeah, he's his tour date is January 31st, I think. So he played the last game against Stoke. See, um, this is, goal. This is the difference, I think, between here and a place where soccer is such a big deal i don't Mm. think a player who's over here who's bending charges on drunk driving would be allowed to play right and i actually think it's kind of embarrassing to let this guy while he's uh, under the pale paw of the long arm of the law (laughs) i'm too biased (laughs) but this is also rematch of uh well the first matchup in the premier league with uh, pep and yurden after years in the Bundesliga, butting heads. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's another storyline to this. Probably the best game of the weekend. I think one of the... the I'm not going to say this is the best game of the weekend, but one of the games that oh, could dude. produce an upset is Leicester versus West Ham. That's going to be this weekend. And Slavin Bilic <laughs> isn't exactly in the hot seat, but he definitely has to turn things around. Who, who's going to upset who? Who's the upset? Who's the underdog in this game? Right. The old champions are West Ham. Right. I mean, West Ham's coming off a win. Yeah. And yeah, where they're... Yeah, right. so, yeah. so you never know. I mean, I, I, I think this is one game that I might turn on. I like turning on some of these like story matches because, again, I don't have a team that I'm necessarily yeah. loyal to. So that's one that I might consider turning on. Uh, another game that's coming up is Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. What do you think, on How did Arsenal do over the 
the holiday? Um, they had 26 shots against West Bromwich Albion uh-huh. compared to Albion's three. Um, it, it was a classic Tony Pulis masterwork of absolutely nothing going forwards. And, you know, I'm, I'm amazed that Arsenal didn't score five just mm-hmm. based on the amount of shots alone. Um, but again, you know, it was one of those performances that you, you look and you kind of question whether or not some of these 15 to 20 level teams in the Premier League should actually start playing just completely defensively against a team like Arsenal because it might actually work. It took until the 86th minute for the Gallic man beast Olivier Giroud to get a <laughs> loping header into the top of the box. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can get lucky off of just playing 100% defense. So Arsenal are now nine points behind Chelsea uh, in fourth place. Uh how atypical. And uh, yeah, Chelsea yeah. are setting a new club record for consecutive wins, which is last po- 12 games, all wins. The one bit of news that did come out this week through Chelsea was that their player Oscar is off to China. He's, I believe, shining. Shining. He, he's shining for Shanghai Shenhua. Strong <laughs> uh, Connery, stop it. I just, just slip into Connery every now and then. <laughs> and then halfway through the podcast, I just start going with the Connery voice and see if anyone notices. Where did that Martini come from? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were more, or you were mainly a Scotchman. Actually, my favorite Bond is, well, no, it's Daniel Craig, but I actually like Timothy Dalton a lot. No, it doesn't have a distinctive accent as far as Bonds go. Like, not like Roger Moore, who had like those one-liners and all the terrible Bond movies. I thank you. That face, that is exactly how I reacted to Roger Moore's Bond movies. I yeah, hate them. It's awful. Yeah, terrible. Ruined it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Oscar, big money move. A lot of talk conversations now in EPL circles about basically bashing China like they were MLS. You know, mm-hmm. like all, all the like, you can imagine all the material that was getting thrown about MLS. And now that... China is poaching away like good players from the EPL. They're throwing a lot of hate their way. What do you guys think about this whole China spending lots of money to sign guys situation? They're spending a lot of money to sign um, mid-level guys from but, mid teams. I think Oster, while he showed a lot of promise in the past, hasn't really played for Conte. Was kind of thrown in the bus by Mourinho when he was there. He might not do. He, he might not live up to his hype that he once had. Um, You'd like to see him move to a, low, a mid-level team like a West Ham or a Stoke or a Southampton, but he's going to go for the money. 500,000 pounds a week. Yeah, a lot of money. Yeah, you you can't really front on something like that. I mean, I will say that I'm I'm curious as to how sustainable this is with some of these Chinese teams coming in and paying massive sums. There's been some talk that some of the money that they're promised doesn't necessarily show up in the bank accounts. Hmm. I, uh-huh. I've, I've so heard... The Fort Lauderdale striker. <laughs> it's funny because the they traveled in China in the preseason. The Seagulls have moved to China. And <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. China, there's a, a great Chinese watch company called Seagull. They actually make really nice watches. So it, it just Next week be. on the Reynolds wrap-up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think my opinion on, on this whole China thing is uh, a little bit about the sustainability, which I don't worry about as much given how much how their economy is doing. I think if this... To me, this is all about boosting ticket sales. And if they manage to do that and make it a model where once all these Tevez types, which we'll get onto Tevez later, 
uh, are are gone and they can't spend on them anymore. They do have some national interest in this sport, and then then the 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 engine just keeps churning out people after that, and that'll be good. But I think this is a good way to start for them. So, uh, Mkhitaryan scored a. I think it was called a scorpion kick for Man United. Um, we're not going to talk about it too much because it was offside and therefore terrible. We should not be talking <laughs> about such goals. Uh, I'm just kidding. It just, counted. It was pretty. Yes, yeah. it, it was. Yeah. It was nice to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't against my team, so I didn't really care that much. But yeah, okay. that it counted. So yeah. Spurs beat Southampton four one, and in the process, Harry Kane missed a penalty. Cue laughter. <laughs> okay, uh, really well though. At the end of the after the game, he was on Twitter and he said, "If there's any NFL teams looking for a kicker in the future, please have a look at my game tonight." I thought that was a top quality uh, yeah. way to play it off. Hey, speaking of the NFL, uh, that's that's a league that plays in America. So we should now turn to our major listing service <laughs> segment where we talk about the MLS <clears throat> and all the beautiful houses they have on sale. Uh, we won't talk about the ones that they have in Miami because there's no news from there. But what's 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 happening? Well, it's the fifth day of MLS Christmas. So by my counts, your true love should, should have gotten you five Garber, Garber Bucks, four aging stars, three DPs, two yellow cards, and an MLS expansion team. Uh, I don't know if I want my... True love to get me some DPs, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were done with dick jokes. <laughs> we'll never be done with dick jokes. We are three guys. Oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> we are just basically dick jokes, you know, <laughs> or maybe jokes with dicks. But anyway, uh, the Real Salt Lake have offered Landon Donovan a designated player contract. What? This came out of nowhere this morning. Um, this is a good move. Yeah, a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah. I think this is still a good move. I mean, I think people show up, man, when when it's Donovan. Uh, I think I think it's good for your attendance. I th- I don't think he's washed up yet. He's not great, but I don't, I don't think know. He's a DP level signing. I think he's still that level, not by much, but think of it basically as like the retirement home of MLS, <laughs> like. The like, Real Salt Lake is the MLS of MLS. <laughs> Are they going to take Glenn Donovan up back with a frightful old yellow style? What's happening? <laughs> no, I mean, in all seriousness, though, I think there is still just enough left in the tank for Nick Romando, for Kyle Beckerman. They've jettisoned a couple of large salaries over the last year or so. Maybe this can make a little bit of sense. Yeah. I think you will need to manage their aging joints more responsibly, but mm-hmm. out here, uh, Drip Doctors is great for that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's see what happens. There's, there's talk of there being an East Coast team in the running as well. Hey, RSL also agreed on the other end of the age spectrum to a deal for a guy from FC Groningen who's 21 years old, Albert Rosenek. Yeah, young guy, 21 year old winner. Um, I think he's Dutch. Um, promising he's we think he's dutch thank yeah. you for that i'm tremendous pr- i'm insight. pretty sure he's dutch okay uh, <laughs> you listen to we call it soccer because you love analysis <laughs> orlando said he signed uh, will johnson but in uh, the news that kind of got a little bit more attention this week they moved their co-founder phil rollins to a role as president for they called him the life president and they moved this other guy the ceo alex letao to be in charge of the day-to-day operations. Initially, this was kind of played off by everyone, well, a lot of people in the soccer world as, oh, look, it's it's the Brazilian owner kind of 
pushing his own way and moving out another uh, heavyweight in the club. There was a lot of bile spilled about this in circles. And then it came out today. And I, I, I don't typically talk about people's personal lives in, when I tweet about soccer because I think that's too much like TMZ stuff. I don't want to get into that. But Phil Rollins and his wife, who are both uh, co-founders of Orlando City, are separating. And that was the reason that Phil Rollins requested... Uh, less responsibility. So that's totally understandable. So we have to talk about it because it reduces some of the, the conspiracy theories being thrown around. And so they didn't want to move him out of the president position. So they just called him a life president and he'll continue to be the consultant and advisor to the club. Basically. I'm just surprised that this being 2016, he wasn't called the death president. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there was a, a video of a little boy crying on Christmas when he received uh, Union season tickets and a signed player photo from his parents. Uh, to be fair, I would cry if someone gave me Philadelphia Union tickets too. Uh, also in Union uh, signing news, uh, they, they signed uh, Charlie Davies. No word if he cried or not when fall signing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only team that wants me what no i don't want to go to the strikers <laughs> uh charlie davies you know i he's one of those guys that i there are guys that you, you you think about and you're like i really want this dude to do as well as possible and he's one you know regardless of where he plays and he's one of those guys on my list just because of his story you know with the big accident a few years ago and mm-hmm. then then his comeback how has he been playing in mls since his return not great um he's also had a cancer scare in the meantime so right. so there's there's more reason to root for him but you know this is it's kind of a, a lottery ticket signing at this point he's mm-hmm. 30 at this i think he turns 30 or 31 mm-hmm. so yeah still has a couple of years left in the tank hopefully you can get the most out of him so basically san francisco delta's next year basically uh moving along fc dallas signed javier morales formerly of salt lake this is a good one though this is one that we think is a good idea yeah um i'm surprised that they were so quick to get rid of javier morales um for a team like fc dallas to bring him in a team that has a lot of young players coming through to bring in a still very talented veteran Mm -hmm. i think that that both screams good locker room signing and also it makes sense on the field. Totally. Absolutely. Uh, Kisuke Honda, who I think this might be the the second or third Japanese player for whom I've watched like a million YouTube videos. Like there, there are these like obscure Japanese players that come in to, the, to my consciousness and then I end up watching a lot of uh, YouTube videos. I'm forgetting the, Shinsuke Nakamura. He was the first one. And then there have been a bunch of others. And Keisuke Honda's another guy. He's rejected offers from China. He's the anti-Oscar. He's the Emmy Awards of soccer. <laughs> <laughs> and he prefers oh, man. <laughs> MLS coming over here according to his agent. God bless Keisuke Honda's heart. Uh, Let the Honda to MNUFC rumors be done. Exactly. Uh, Except is- for I thought that we were supposed to be taking the light rail to TCF. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Atlanta signed Greg Garza on loan from Tijuana, who was actually the second Tijuana player to sign with a MLS team on loan this week. Yeah, so the the bigger name was Juninho. Um, ended up going to the Chicago Fire on loan. Um, in order to acquire him, the Fire ended up sending some GAM, some in a draft pick, and the number three spot in the allocation order to Minnesota United 
in exchange for literally one step up. It was the most MLSE trade mm-hmm. that I've seen in the last two days. Janino has, of course, <laughs> won three MLS Cups, two supporter shields, um, the hearts of millions of Galaxy supporters all over the world. Uh, so this is, I mean, a good signing for Chicago. This guy walks into a midfield, and apparently the stories of them signing Schweinsteiger and Gordado are not dead yet. So no. this could be a phenomenal they can go from starting team. one of the worst teams in MLS to one of the best very quickly if they play their offseason right. Yeah. They could go from dumpster fire to on fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something that didn't go right was Darlington Nagby to Celtic. There were some conversations about it. Twelman said basically the Timbers said no to the Celtics. Uh, much hasn't emerged about why that I have seen. So I would be impressed done. to see Darlington Nagby playing for the Celtics. Like, I don't know what his jump shot is like, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, at this point, we should uh, take a quick break. We'll come back with loon monitoring, with the sewer, with the permit scheme, and with our final couple of segments. Put on your DNR badge because we're going to sneak around some lakes going loon monitoring. Minnesota United FC this week. Oh, come on, guys. It says sign over here. And I was going to be like, Minnesota United FC sign. And then they just unofficially sign. Yeah, it's pretty much believed that these players have signed. Just the front office is going to have them wear ski masks throughout the whole entire season. They reveal them <laughs> one by one. <laughs> so um, rumors that we've signed uh, goalkeeper Adam Quarcy. Formerly of the Timbers. Timbers and from uh, the Tipper League in Norway. Uh Superman himself, Christian Ramirez. Who? No, I'm kidding. Keep, keep, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> and then, Stop uh, being the <laughs> normal guy on Reddit saying, Ramirez, who? <laughs> and then uh, Batman returns with Madonna Barra. Um, Pull your 2014 jerseys out of the closet. <laughs> Wore mine all last year. Uh, we <laughs> traded uh, Jeff Attenella, goalkeeper, who we got in the expansion draft from Real Salt Lake, to... Portland for Ibarra's MLS rights because mm-hmm. MLS is weird with discoveries and hey, stuff. Hey, hey, we already made that reference earlier in the yeah, show. So. Okay. But yeah, but still, it's <laughs> it's odd. But they're expected to sign. Um, nothing official yet, so we can't yeah. uh, celebrate, but yeah. Something official that we can celebrate, which is a big piece of news, is Francisco Calvo. Francisco Calvo, yay. Um, so Calvo is a 24-year-old defender, uh, recently... Um, playing for Deportivo Saprissa in the Costa Rican leagues. Um, he's also played, I think, 10 times for the Costa Rican national team. A um, little bit undersized at center back, um, but can also play out on the left and apparently has both the jumping reach and mean streak to play as a center back that looks like he's eight or nine feet tall. This guy is really freaking good. Having watched yes, a little is. bit of the highlights, mm-hmm. like I'm super excited, guys. This is like the defender that we have all been dreaming about for years. This guy's going to walk into our starting team. Yeah. If you and... haven't done a YouTube deep dive of Francisco Calvo highlights, you are doing yourself a disservice. Like, skip work tomorrow and just do that <laughs> yeah, all yeah, day. Exactly. Whenever you're listening to this, skip work tomorrow. Hey, uh, Minneapolis City, the other team in town... 
uh, other than you know FC Minneapolis, which we'll get to in a second. But Minneapolis City <laughs> were voted the worst new logo in sport uh, by some group that I'm not going to dignify by putting their name out there. I'm just going to be quite honest. I really like the Minneapolis City logo. I think it's actually super distinctive. I was at a, the Jimmy Eat World Show at uh, which which concert venue? One of the places in downtown Minneapolis. I forget. Skyway Theater. Skyway Theater. And there was a guy standing on the balcony, and I'm in the first row, okay? Looking back, and so I'm looking essentially across a dark theater to a guy who's probably about 15 or 20 feet above me. I could make out that he was wearing a Minneapolis City hat because it was the inverted uh, pentagon that they have for their logo. I also think that the text is super cool. I really like it. It's not your typical sports or soccer logo. And I think that made people kind of um, feel like, oh, we, we must we must excise this this pus from our sport. And I, I don't know which... Uh, was that Sean Connery? Yeah, then? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, that might have been like the guy he killed in Goldfinger or something. I think that was more <laughs> Gollum than anything. But. <laughs> yeah, but he, he Gollum wants things. This was a guy who didn't want things. Anyway, I'll come yeah. up with a character name later on the show. Okay. Uh, anyway, what do you guys think about the Minneapolis City logo? Just very quickly. I think it's a terrible font, and if you're going to invert a pentagon, you might as well just do a pentagram instead. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, you put it on your laptop. It is my laptop. It's on your laptop, too. <laughs> laptop twins. Anyway, uh, <laughs> also in, like, in the voting was Ryo OTC's logo, which I thought was much worse, just because it was basically the Ryo Vallitano logo with OTC in it. I mean, they had also this, what is it, the Pittsburgh River Dogs or whatever had their logo. It was basically a bunch of clip art jumbled together. It was essentially something that you'd see in the morning cartoons page. Yeah. So there was a bunch of stuff that was much worse. Anyway, I uh, I want to dedicate a couple of minutes to defending the honor of Minneapolis City FC. Our, the people's team, <laughs> the fans' team. If right. they listen to this, I am excited to get savaged on Twitter for my hot take about them not doing an inverted pentagram. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of savaged, uh, Minneapolis, FC Minneapolis declared that they wanted to be the first professional non-league team in the country, and they got destroyed for it, this claim. Everywhere, basically. Define professional. Right. Define <laughs> first. <laughs> Define what in the hell you actually plan on having your team be. This is like one of those teams that I made in FIFA, <laughs> you know, back when it was on the computer and you could edit everything in like a text editor where I was like, yeah, my team's going to be called this and they're going to play in a stadium that's going to be called that. And I planned all the stuff except like the players, the coach and all this other stuff that was, you know, the, the actual stuff that matters. They've got a great looking website. It has like, they're playing at the National Sports Center, which they intend to call The Den. And then they Ugh. have this like brilliant press release about being the first non-professional professional soccer non-league team and with so many copy errors <laughs> seriously it's like it, it, i mean seriously i it's probably like a website that i made when i was that kid editing the fifa game that is it, it reads <laughs> like that and they use pictures from of the crowd at loons games at nessie i don't and think they, that's gonna happen yeah no 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 and and by the way i just want to also point out fc minneapolis plays in Blaine, Minnesota. Okay. <laughs> That's like uh, the least Minneapolis place ever. Right. Minnesota United left Blaine to come to Minneapolis so, for good reason. The, another place that you could probably define as the least Minneapolis place in the world, mostly because of the weather, is uh, Egypt, 
where you find the pyramids. So let's move into our pyramid scheme segment where we talk about the lower leagues in the United States. And this week, we return to our recurring sub-segment, NES Armageddon 2016. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my new hope. I told myself I wasn't going to cry during the podcast. <laughs> but I lied. So, NESL. You know, we've been talking about this for now. How long? They've been dead. Since, they've been alive. Since the championship? Since <laughs> since we joined the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, awesome. how, that's how we should measure things from now on. Uh, <laughs> and... I think I might have mentioned at least once that these persistent news reports keep coming out that contradict each other week after week. And I dislike how this entire story has been reported because things have been reported for sure. Like, this is absolutely happening and then they've not happened. Yeah. And so this this morning, literally, we heard that, hey guys, the cosmos have a heartbeat. People are optimistic. NESL is definitely coming back. And then people are like, oh yeah, uh, the USSF is looking really great in terms of awarding D2 status back to NESL. They don't like the USL guys. And it's like, just come to me when something official happens. I am done with the speculation. I am done with the sources say stuff. And you know, tip, I, I trust sources. Sources is a pretty nice guy. Sources gave me five bucks the other day. Uh, sources let me borrow his car to, um, you know, go pick up my mom from the airport. Sources is good, okay? I trust sources. But in this case, this story has just gone on too long. And I'm sick of it. Just get me some official news or get off the stage. You sound like a Minnesota United fan at this point. (laughs) (laughs) What gave it away? Uh, Anyway, uh, so that's it for Pyramid Scheme because nothing's really happened. It seems like everything is in a holding pattern. And one, I think, serious piece of news that we should address from all of the speculation is that the speculation is preventing players from knowing their fate. It's preventing contracts from being signed. It's preventing planning from occurring for lower leagues clubs. This is bad for the sport. We should not be in the... Last week of December, first week of January, still speculating about this stuff. League schedules need to be announced. Players need to know what's going to happen with their families, where they're going to be living next year, you know? And yeah, that can't happen until people know what's going on. You know, I, I, I think we might have mentioned the the really sad story about Sebastian Quanzati, but you know, this is a guy who injuries have pretty much wrecked his entire chance to play soccer next year. And he's devoted his entire life and livelihood to this. Yeah. Guys who haven't even had some sort of catastrophic thing happen to them are in the exact same holding pattern at this point. So something, whatever it is, just needs to get done before too many players completely lose their chance for a livelihood. Well, well, we'll bring you any confirmed news that does happen. For now, we should move very quickly through our sewer segment about the U.S. Men's Ninja Turtles. Uh, this week, very little happened. Essentially, Yedlin said that he likes Newcastle and he wants to stay there. Woo-hoo. Which made sense because they're probably going to be in the Premier League next year. And he's learning from Rafa Benitez, one of the best managers in the world. Yep. So, Good yeah. situation for him. Uh, there was some news about coaching licenses in the U.S. Yeah, um, U.S. Soccer completed their first um, pro coaching license course. Um, they've apparently been piloting something like this for the last year or so. Um, they had a number of different seminars with... I think it was 13 coaches, including um, such names as uh, Greg Berthalter, um, 
U17 coach John Hackworth, mm-hmm. um, Oscar Pereja, Tab Ramos, all of these guys went through this program. Um, hopefully it does lead to some additional uh, continued education for coaches at the top level. You want to see coaches being as empowered as possible to develop the game, to develop players. Anytime that you have good coaches, it's a good thing. Perfect. Well, let's move on to our segment, They Don't Call It Soccer, in brackets. Some do, though. About soccer from all over the world in places that we haven't talked about already. And a bit of news from uh, Germany. You know, last week we told you, hey, you should go watch this great Bayern Munich versus RB Leipzig game. It should be really good, guys. And, and it wasn't. It was so Sorry. not good. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it was basically over in the, within the first 25 minutes when after Bayern scored two goals and Leipzig's best player got sent off with a red card. Yep. Uh, one well-earned, I might add, so... Munich yeah. now leads the table 39 to 36 over Leipzig. Another signing news from Germany? Uh, German Wunderkid uh, Julian Dratzler will transfer from uh, VFB Wolfsburg to PSG. Uh, looks like the Parisians are trying to bolster their lineup. Maybe a replacement for Angel Di Maria? Mm-hmm. They're similar position, so maybe. I was going to say, I think Colin was talking about how PSG haven't been doing so well in the last episode. But there you go. Yeah. They, they yeah. heard you. And not only that, they ended up signing someone that keeps getting linked to Arsenal. So <laughs> they were really listening to this the podcast. Yeah. They were like, "Let's screw this guy over for criticizing us." <laughs> hey, speaking of guys who embarrassed Arsenal, um, Samir Nasri was in the news. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, "Speaking of guys who got screwed," but <laughs> in more ways than one. In... <laughs> so let's 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 talk about this story quickly but sequentially. Number one, Samir Nasri was tagged in a tweet from an account called Drip Doctors, saying that he'd shown up at their clinic. Uh, uh, and got some sort of IV infusion of some sort. And he was like, basically, you know, had his arm around some really great looking gal in scrubs. And that's when things kind of went off the rails. And Nazari's account started sweet, uh, tweeting some really offbeat stuff about how he hates his family, how he'd actually had sex with the girl in the photo for 150 euros, how he doesn't care about anybody, like how he's a terrible person. And these tweets got like, it's, it's like one of those, you know, cartoon moments where like one person is doing something, another person is undoing it behind him. Like they, he, Something would get tweeted and then it would be deleted and then nothing would get tweeted. <laughs> It was ridiculous. I hate to point you towards Reddit, but the R soccer thread on this is just gold. Meme galore. Uh, and this drip doctor's place, man, it's super sketch. <laughs> it's definitely a legitimate business <laughs> that many football players are going to use or try to use and then get caught to and have tweet storms and it'll be awful. First of all, they advertise uh, human growth hormone and IVs that fight aging. Uh, which probably, probably is actually that Samir Nasri is being investigated for doping now, which yeah, is yeah. fantastic as well. So, so I wish that he was doping when he was at Arsenal. He would have been a lot better. If this was, I mean, I'll just be perfectly honest. If this was a modeling agency, their advertising would make a whole lot of sense and I wouldn't be so skeptical because that's essentially what their marketing is. It's basically a, a group of ridiculously attractive women, which that's not the way I would market a clinic is like, hey, look at all these attractive people we have um, and then host my clinic opening at a VIP lounge in a nightclub. Uh, the focus seems to be on like we've got attractive people come by our place, and you know it. It sounds pretty legit to me. I don't know what you're trying to <laughs> insinuate. I, for one, always want an IV of fluids after I go out on a night on the town. So more power to me. Hey, the Liga MX final 
happened. The Apertura final happened, the second leg, and they got some record TV ratings uh, in this country, which is really spectacular. Basically, they'd moved the second leg to Christmas Day when there was barely any games happening anywhere else around the world. So they had a kind of a captive audience. Most Mexican-Americans also had, uh, had celebrated Christmas on December 24th. So it was just perfect timing and worked out in their benefit. The game ended with nine players on each side after a brawl broke out and there were i think what five red cards yeah um it included a red card for uh u.s international ventura alvarado who never actually entered the match yeah another guy who never even like suited up for the match got a red card too yeah it was uh pretty ridiculous ended on penalties so and and tigres beat uh america club america so they are the apertura champions the closer season starts soon Geez, first we lose economically, then we lose our elections, then we lose on penalties. America can't catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carlos Tevez is now the highest paid player in the world. He will be earning 34 million pounds per year. Guys, I'm pretty sure that's 34 million dollars per year. At this point, I'm probably going to be right with how bad the exchange rate has been. <laughs> uh, the, uh, oh, no. there was there was some news out of rwanda where a goalkeeper moved kind of this good luck charm slash uh godly idol onto the, you know he put it on the goal line to kind of bring him good luck during the game this opposition player at one point runs up to it and moves it at which point like the goalkeeper and another player like chase him down the pitch <laughs> and about three minutes later he scores a goal so apparently uh Next time you see someone putting a religious symbol down on the pitch, move it and you will get what you want. And not only that, apparently the Rwandan FA has banned witchcraft from matches. Yeah, in response. I wish that that was a joke, but no, it is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, some news out of Spain. So this is the most adorable thing I've <laughs> seen on the internet recently. Um Apparently, the U-12 teams for Barcelona and Real Madrid were playing in a televised tournament, and Real Madrid had the first half kickoff. Barcelona stole the ball, and then the player wearing the number 10 jersey, who I think is about as tall as Lionel Messi, ended up putting it in the back of the net within seven seconds. These Barcelona kids, man, I have seen like a million different videos of them now. They're incredible. And it's like, it's even better than watching grown adults doing some of the stuff that they do because they're like little versions of like all of us doing kind of these incredible like backheel flips and moves and stuff. It's just Yeah, when we do backheel uh, back moves, not even as impressive as when a 12-year-old does it. Yeah. But when we do it, I mean, we, we can totally do it. And also other things that are fancy with football and stuff. Now we got to turn to some mental backheel flips and other uh, contortions that are required when you take a conspiracy theory and flesh it out, which is what every week Colin does in his segment called The Reynolds Wrap-Up. What do we got this week, Colin? So this week, there is just a very simple question. Why does Mike Dean still exist? This is Premier League referee Mike Dean. Very much Premier League referee Mike Dean. So um, Arsenal fans have long since, I think ever since 2005, had a beef against Mike Dean. Um, somebody actually did the math on it. They did some Bayesian regressions and figured out that Mike Dean has a thir- or is 34 times more likely than just complete randomness to have an impact on Arsenal's performances. 
That's mm. that's just stunning. Now, <laughs> apparently, over the last seven games that he has refereed for Tottenham Hotspur, um, Tottenham has won six of those games and drawn another. Um, they have had five penalties awarded to them, and three red cards were awarded against their opponents. If this sounds suspicious, then consider the fact that in their match against Southampton, where they won 4-1... This past week. This past weekend, not only did Jan Vertonghen gouge somebody's eyes out, I think it was Jay Rodriguez, is that uh, right? You didn't Probably. gouge them out, so you gouge them. Yeah, Jay Rodriguez's <laughs> eyes are still in his head. Somehow. Um, <laughs> but um, that went not only without a card, but without a foul. Um Coincidentally enough, the same thing happened from Musa Dembele, also of Tottenham Hotspur, uh, last season against Diego Costa. He got six matches banned after that. Um, If this all seems even worse, then consider the fact that when Musa Dembele was subbed off, he gave Mike Dean a handshake. He was walking off the field and... And shook his hand. I believe that's what Harry the Hornet did with some FA officials earlier this week before he was cleared. Heyo. <laughs> so so it, Arsenal fans were already for the last year or so, there's a petition on I can't remember, I think it's change.org, um, that has two hundred thousand signatures requesting that Mike Dean not referee a single match for Arsenal ever again. So if we wondered if there was some sort of bias towards the white side of North London, I think this past weekend makes it absolutely clear. Shout out to my Arizona Gooners friend, Mike Dean, who every single time that Mike Dean referees a match, we all scream, stand up if you hate Mike Dean. I hope at that point he sounds like, what do I do, guys? No, no. He says, I hate myself too. And then we're all supposed to laugh, but we secretly Aww. feel really bad. Oh, Aww. poor Mike Dean. Yeah. Not the referee Mike Dean, but your friend Mike Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. With that, this has been the final episode of 2017, guys. Well, this has been the twi- final episode of Whoa. 2016, guys. <laughs> I mean, I already joked on Twitter that 2016 ended on December 28th, and then promptly afterwards, Debbie Reynolds passed away. So, I, this is just wishful thinking for me. I just want the next year to just fly by. So I'm just ready. I'm hoping if I say it out loud over and over, at some point it'll actually happen. So, uh, well, 85 episodes. We're coming up on our 100th episode, and we gotta decide what to do one of these days on that one. So we, when we do make that decision, we will let you know. But until then, have a very happy new year, all of you. We will catch you in 2018. Don't drop those balls.